This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Um, Alaska was the biggest state a couple of minutes ago, and uh, I had a suspicion that was the case anyway, but it has been confirmed by one of the uh, two people that are going to join us this hour, and it is always, even if it's dark outside, it is always a bright day when I'm joined by uh, a close friend and somebody I consider one of the most astute and wittiest people anywhere in broadcasting, certainly one of the hardest working, Marlena Shivo, who is a veteran media producer, a satirist, a social critic, and a mother of two. Hello, Marlena. Good morning. Hello, Frank. How are you? I'm doing great. Are you feeling better than from our text messages? You felt... You feel cranky on text. We'll we'll, we'll get into this okay. in in a moment. All right. Uh, you know, you're the only person I know. Well, not the only person. You're one of the like six people that I know that I have to kind of uh, not just say okay in response to a text message. I have to like bring my A game. I have to start smiling as I return my uh, SMS. <laughs> That's you know not necessarily is? true. I it's don't... just certain text messages that are more in depth sometimes get a very pithy answer that seems a little fair, fair, off-putting. Fair. Okay. Uh, Feels fair. off-putting. That's fair. We'll get into the uh, the, the text communication uh, field in just a moment. Also, uh, returning to the microphone dark and early is attorney, lobbyist, and noted TV analyst David Schwartz. David, it is good to see you. It's Thanks good, for coming in. Good to be here. I'm also a noted attorney. I'm not just a noted TV analyst. I'm, I'm definitely a noted attorney. <laughs> And a noted lobbyist. Yeah, I'd hire so, you. So it's, it's okay. If I killed someone, but, I'd hire but, you. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually on your side on the text messages. Like, there's a lot of time. You know, you're running around. You may not want to write everything that you want to write in this world oh, okay. on a text. Well, all, right. all right. Since all right. we brought this up, let, right. let's discuss it. All right. So, um, Listen, David, you can't go against me too much. I, you are my birthday twin. I know. Okay. I, I, I can't believe it I'm should not. should be two against me. I'm, I'm with you all the time. When is Just birth- not on this one little issue. <laughs> when is your birthday again? It really depends. Um, We're August 6th It depends 6th on twins. when your birthday No, oh, it really August depends. Yeah. Yes, we are August 6th. But it really depends on who you're texting with. Now, I have done the same thing that you've done where I'm very short with my text messages, but it really depends on the person. But there are people that I a lot more words Effort. for. I see. Exactly. So, okay. And you were on the list. Now you might not be <laughs> on that list anymore. <laughs> uh, okay. Now now that I know the deal here, now that I know the stock, the weight that you're putting in our text wow. message communications, I have an idea. But um, just understand, like uh, it takes me three days to catch up on these SMS text messages. Look, I, I still have 34 Unread SMS text messages. And you know what? I feel like Sisyphus. As soon as I respond to one, boom, another one just comes. <laughs> I can never get ahead. Yeah. I can never get ahead. Um, well, you have to stop friending people. Y- you're right. You, you know, it's funny. Um, the one, one thing that my wife and my ex-girlfriend uh, both agreed on is that you can have a point. Isn't your in- wife and your ex-girlfriend the same person? No. Well, I mean. Technically, now, uh, she, she was your ex-girlfriend who became 
you're now wife. But you can have more than one ex-girlfriend. <laughs> L- ladies and gentlemen, we are in for one of those hours. I can already see we are in for one of those hours. No, but one of the things that uh, several romantic partners that I've had over the years have agreed upon several. is that... Then we're going to define several with the lawyer over is, here. Is that maybe um, there can be a point where you have too many close friends. And if there is, I have exceeded that that point. Because, uh, you know, a friendship is... A genuine friendship is not just a face book thing it's something that you put in work and time to and in my case i have the 34 unread sms text messages to prove it i'm so happy i'm hearing marlena's inner thoughts on the text message issue because you know marlena and i text sometimes too marlena asks me about legal issues and we go back and forth and sometimes i could be on trial i could be in court i could be running around and i don't give your text message (laughs) the right amount the right amount of of no no you have no effort no you, I'm okay. I'm I'm good so far. You have the right level of girth for what I need from you. Right. Okay. That's perfect. I just want to yeah. make sure. If yeah. because, David's used to hearing because that, now but. when I see your text message, I'm going to be on extra guard because I don't want to fall into the Frank Morano category of you know of not uh, you know, David, you know he's writing he's sufficient David, messages back. Speaking of your legal expertise, I just want to note that. Um, you know, it was my uh, younger daughter's birthday yes. today birthday. or yesterday, rather. Yes. And Happy we birthday. did have a sheet cake. And last time uh, you and I sat in the studio, you likened a sheet cake to gerrymandering and felt like I would be the only one in the room understanding this because I have children who have birthdays. Now, um, how old was your daughter? Six. Six. Now, why wouldn't you go the ice cream cake route? Uh, why would I? Because ice cream cake is so much better than a sheet cake. Because she likes chocolate cake. Oh, is that true? But yes. why not a chocolate ice cream cake? I'll tell you why. Because an ice cream cake is complicated. An ice cream cake, you have to, first of all, it could be too frozen, right? Because then, then all, can you imagine 36-year-olds waiting, or 50 or 100, whatever you're having, waiting <laughs> for the ice cream cake to unfreeze? Like, can you imagine this Frank Morano <laughs> with his saw trying to saw the frozen <laughs> cake? A sheet cake's easy. A sheet cake, you go like this. Like this, oh, just like, this, like gerrymandering. You know, you know, just like gerrymandering. <laughs> but understand though. Now, I, I, your point about sawing this cake is well is well uh, taken. That being said, right? I mean, uh, this was not the big party with all the children. This no. is just the family party. Right. There's five of them. Right. right, five, one, one, two, four. Yeah, we had a couple others, but okay, well, I, but less than ten. Ice cream cake is is far superior. I know, but this. she eats ice cream every day, oh, okay. almost every right, day so of her life. It's not special, right? Right. He, here's this, right? He, hear me out here on this one. Ready? Mm-hmm. Um, you with the one child who's one year old. Yeah, one, exactly. One, one year old. He, he feels like like five children. Believe me. I love All that right. you gave the guy in a, that's going to Atlantic City some advice. Yeah. For oh well, this will be great for your four year old and especially for your eight year old. I'm I, like, I know about. To you. I, I, I've been around Pops. plenty of four year olds in my day, especially at the Atlantic City Boardwalk. One word, and it's not plastics like in The Graduate. It, this is a movement that I'm trying to get going, much like my use of the term semi weekly, which I'm trying to get to catch on. In birthdays, forget about cake. The bar, I think cake is way overrated. Ready for this? Here's the one word: pie. Pie. Pie is delicious. People love pie. You give people an apple pie, a blueberry pie, a cherry pie, whatever the whatever yep. your flavor distinction is, a little scoop of ice cream there. This will revolutionize children's birthday parties as we know it. Both very high in fructose, though. What are you going to do about well, that? Right, that's true. Well, it's one day a year. We're giving them a break on that one. All right. Um, now, just before we close the door on the 
SMS, text messaging conversation. So, David, you and I were chatting about you coming on the show, and I'm certainly glad to see you, and I'm glad that you came in, and uh, I have a lot of questions that I want to ask you. However, I asked you via SMS text, I said, please email me whatever topics you're (laughs) interested in discussing. Now, rather than email me, as, say, Marlena did, and a lot of people do, you then chose to immediately send me an uh, SMS text uh, message back. Why? Okay, why? okay I'll, I'll tell you exactly why. Because, you know, you guys are at different stages with your kids, but my youngest, my youngest daughter is a senior at University of Michigan. And yesterday I, was, I took a one-day trip to go to University of Michigan, visit my daughter. Uh, we had a great day of stuff, and then we went to Michigan basketball last night. And then I, so I was just running around. I saw your text. I didn't even read the whole thing. Mm. I just went to the mm. word topics, and then I, I decided to text right. you back. All so. right, ladies and gentlemen, if you are considering hiring David Schwartz as an attorney, know that uh, he's not reading not reading the whole brief. He's skimming. Yeah, that's right. He's text skimming. I do. Yeah. Maybe if you pay him an hourly rate, maybe he will. By the way... Um, John on Facebook commenting, um, you were terrific filling in for Dominic Carter. Thank you. Uh, I really enjoyed the extra hour, Frank Moreno. Thank you. I'm a big fan. Love your show. Thank you. Marlena Shivo is my favorite guest. She's simply the best. Wow. Is this... Well, that's a turnaround from the, the my I don't know if you noticed the last time I was here the insults that were hurled at me uh, <laughs> online, uh, how people are turning off the radio. Um, there were really only two women, and they were both named... Donna or maybe Debbie. I'm not popular amongst Donnas or Debbies or something. Uh, I'm sure Freud would have a feeling. I, I, I agree with that. I think Marlena is the best guest. Well, yeah, and I, uh, I if you want to have at it and if you want to dispute John's characterization of Marlena as uh, as oh. your, your favorite guest, join the Facebook group and be heard. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash Radio Morano. Now, uh, Marlena, one thing that we didn't chat about the last time that you were here because, uh, you know, we were talking about other things and we had a lot to get to is your new role of. Uh, producing the uh, Andrew Cuomo podcast. Yes. Uh, how's it going? How do you like it? I know uh, when it comes to a lot of the issues that Andrew Cuomo is known for, you know, uh, vaccine mandates and lockdowns, you guys are on opposite uh, pages. We've talked about that. But just uh, aside from the policy and the politics, how is he as a person to work with? Oh, I love I love Governor Cuomo. I mean, he is honestly so much fun. So it's been four months now um and it's going well i think that he is uh smart um he's pretty i mean knock on wood he's pretty easy going you know that's like i'm gonna jinx myself now um and for the most part he has a sense of humor for the most part however i feel like sometimes my jokes fall on deaf ears for example this past week we did a show with migrants right so we had, Mm. had these two migrants that i booked um for him to interview that were bused from Texas to uh, New York for, you know, uh, from the governor and everything. So he's, so we're, we're going, we did the interview. I cut a bunch of clips. I, I think I, I sent you a bunch um, as teasers. And um, I said, should we call this Cuomo Esta? <laughs> That's funny. And I did not get a chortle. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I so did not get one. What did you get? I didn't get anything, so then I had to hurl another joke at him, and I told him if it didn't, like, invoke any kind of reaction, I was going to withhold all humor going forward in this relationship. Well, so so the podcast is called Matter of Fact. Uh, It is, as Andrew Cuomo says, available on Apple. 
and uh, it uh, it costs money. So the preview you can episode is free. It on Apple. That's right on Apple. Apple, Apple, Apple podcast. <laughs> Apple podcast. And at Quake Media. But th- but that's not what he says. He just says Apple. You can download it on Apple. Apple. Just just look for Apple and the Matter of Fact podcast. Now, uh, he has made quite a bit of news with this podcast. I want to ask you both about this because a bunch of listeners have actually emailed me about this, and I hope I'm not getting you in trouble by bringing this up, Marlena. But on the latest edition of the Matter of Fact podcast, which was released on Wednesday, the former governor of the state of New York, well, not according to the New York Post. According to the New York Post, it was released on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. but uh, what do you know? You only produced the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. According to... um, all of it. Exactly. So um, this is from the latest episode of the Matter of Fact podcast. Former Governor Andrew Cuomo ripping... President Biden's border policy. Here's a little bit of matter of fact. And then the recent sudden shift in President Biden's policy capping Venezuelan entrance to 24,000. That only highlights the mishandling of the entire matter and it resolves nothing. If the president believes his position was right, then stick with your position. If the president believes he made a mistake, then he should have admitted it and reversed course. But there is no middle position. And his shift has now fueled the opposition. It has angered those who supported his original policy. And he winds up reneging on a campaign promise. Uh, this it is a lose, lose, lose. Uh, so this is not from this week's episode? No. So right. uh, the second episode of this entire podcast was that one. It was on immigration. And he did speak. So yes, that, he, that, what I just played, what is that from? That is from the second episode. From oh. this week, this week we spoke to migrants, um, and he did also talk about Biden's policy and his open border and it being a mistake. But that, what you just played, was from the second show we ever did. All right, so uh, we have Al- Alex Barnard uh, to thank, but I, I guess we didn't give him uh, clear instructions. It's my fault, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> it's but, a great clip, n- nonetheless. It's uh, a great clip, and I, I have a lot to say about Okay, this so clip. this might be from the latest edition. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to ask you about it, David. Uh, this, what might be from the latest edition of the Matter of Fact podcast, he might have said, it was a mistake for President Biden to open the border without having a plan to handle the tremendous mm. flow of people. <laughs> President Biden yeah. had said he would do it in the campaign, but you can't change a policy unless you have the program in place to manage the change. Yes, and he went on to say that politicians make promises in campaigns but you cannot enact those promises. Well, his father was yeah, famous yeah, for saying yeah. that we uh, campaign in poetry but govern in prose, right? Um, David, uh, g- tell me, a lot of people are saying this marks an indication that uh, Andrew Cuomo may be looking to run for president in 2024 or at least make some sort of a political comeback in 2024. Give me your uh, thoughts on what Cuomo said, the substance of it. And what we can read between the tea leaves in terms of political ambitions yeah, he may harbor. Yeah, so th- there's definitely two parts to this. Qu- First of all, I miss Cuomo. I really I, – I miss Governor Cuomo. I thought he was a very effective governor, and the way he went out was a complete bamboozle job. But that I'll leave that aside. Um, bottom line is he's an astute politician. Okay, so I'll talk about the politics first of that comment. 
Here he has, and he's a very smart man. He's a very intelligent man. He is understanding the politics of the Democratic Party right now, and he's seeing his lane. He sees his lane. People are sick of the Democratic Party, and they're also sick of the Republican Party, okay? They're sick of both parties. I always say I really hate both parties equally because 90, 85% of us are either center-right or center-left, and now both parties are being hijacked by the far right and the far left, and it's very unfortunate. But Cuomo sees this, and I think he sees himself as a, you know, a leader of this new centrist political movement. And I think he's capitalizing on it now. He sees Biden is, you know, pretty much done with, with, you know, he's being influenced by the far left. He's being pulled to the far left. And quite frankly, you know, he, he's not, you know, mentally able to govern anymore. I think people are seeing that uh, from Biden. But that's a whole nother story. He seemed um, pretty astute in the State of the Union address. I, I don't, think, don't so. think so. I, okay. I, I don't agree with that at all. Okay. I, 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 mean, mean, I mean, he read off the teleprompter, but when you start fighting with people in the audience during the State right. of the Union, I mean, that was bizarre. That was bizarre. But that, that's a whole nother story. Sure. But I think Cuomo is capturing this centrist movement, and I don't think anyone's going to really care about uh, the the scandal which, 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 you know, which drove him out of office because it's turning out that and, and I I knew some of these players personally. I knew a lot of it was nonsense. Okay. But leaving that aside, I think people are gonna forget about that. And I do believe I, I, I think in a, either in a couple of years or in six years, he can be a presidential candidate trying to capture the middle of the Democratic Party. So I think he sees his lane. And and I, I think substance wise, he's But wouldn't you say he's, he's right always been in that lane? Wouldn't you say you think no. he was you think he was more left at one point? I, I think he's gone back and forth a little bit over I, I do think um when he was primaried, uh he did try to, you know, a, appease the the far left a little bit. But I generally I agree with you. That is that's been his brand. That's been his lane. So but now he's going to take it nationally, though. So- well, was it the far left back then or was it just more left? I think right now we're in a space where it's just <clears throat> you can't even call it the far left. It is just wokeism right. at the at the next level. And you talk about the political parties. And I think you're right. And I heard you talking about uh, Tulsi Gabbard earlier mm-hmm. and about there being a third party. Like, why is this country so obsessed with having 17 different genders, but we can only have a two-party system. <laughs> that is such a, a great point. I, I actually great think point. Israel does. Israel has like 10 parties, and they all fight with each other all the time. But I think there's something to that because, some, you know, you could you could grab on to one of those parties. But I, I think I agree with you, Marlena. But so far, you know, Cuomo's been on the state level with this sort of, you know, centrist viewpoint. And he's always been – he's had to go a little bit to the left – but I think he's going to take this nationally yeah. now. I mean, That's um, the politics. I, I do, uh, you know, dispute the the idea that uh, I, I would agree with you, David, that he's vacillated a great deal in terms of where he is ideologically over the years. But uh, I, I don't think he's always been centrist, at least in terms of his public positions. I think he's sort of always been whatever he perceives that he needed to be in order to get elected uh, and to get some aspects of his agenda enacted. But uh, Marlena, to the extent that you're, you know, without betraying any confidences or anything, but to the extent that you're comfortable talking about this, what is your take on the uh, the manner in which Governor Cuomo went after President Biden on the border policy, both on the substance and, as you heard from David there, on the politics? Well, 
you know, this entire time that I've been uh, producing the podcast, he has been, has been very honest about, um, you know, both sides. And so it's not just President Biden that he's been critical of. I mean, he's been critical of the Democrats in general for bowing to the far left in, in general. So and he's been very public about it. So I'm not actually speaking out of school or whatever. Um, so, and as far as, you know, the 2024 campaign, I definitely cannot speak to that. I have no, I have no idea. That is not my, that is not my area, but as far, uh, but I think that, um, because I keep hearing this anyway, this was not a shocking thing that he said, mm-hmm. you know, he said it in the second episode, which you just played. And now right. this is the 17th episode. And he said it again, like opening the borders was a mistake. Uh, you know, everybody, every, all the cities now it's becoming, a, a countrywide problem, not just the southern border, that, you know, the cities are being overwhelmed and they're already overstretched as it is with the homeless population and everything else. Um, and then they don't have a plan. They don't have a plan for these people and they don't have it's like they're here and now they're in shelters. They can't actually work and no one knows when they have a court date <laughs> for <laughs> asylum. If they even can fill out the paperwork for asylum, they can't speak English. You know, they can't speak English. So it, it and they don't have anybody assisting them. Who can? You know, I had someone translating during this uh, interview who was just someone who speaks Spanish, happened to be a family that was helping one of the immigrants, um, you know, helped one of the immigrants, like, find an address and then got to know them, brought them into the church and helped him and his daughter because he he's traveling with a 10-year-old daughter. And that's who was translating for him. Now, I don't know who translates for him day to day, but um, it, it's a tough – it's an uphill battle. No, and that's no. just – Two out of the 24,000 that have remained, according to Eric Adams. And counting, 24,000 and counting. I I am not a a political fan of Andrew Cuomo. I never voted for him. I I wouldn't vote for him for anything. But I think if he were – if I were advising him as a political advisor, I would think – that if he were to primary uh, Kirsten Gillibrand next year, I think he'd be very well positioned to run against her in a Democratic primary, uh, some, especially as what appears likely she's going to face a uh, left-wing challenger from an AOC type. It would seem that, you know, he, if that is his brand these days, uh, a centrist within the Democratic Party, that he could win a Democratic primary statewide with that lane. Because, look, you have uh, 30%, maybe 35% that uh, are always going to be with Cuomo if he runs, and another maybe 30% that are always going to be against him. He might be in a position to win with a plurality in a three-way statewide primary next here's, year. Here's the problem with that, Frank, is you know the people, and you know this, the people that come out in a Democratic primary are the far left. For whatever reason, you know, very few people in a primary have been able to invigorate this the the masses, but you know what? Eric Adams was able to do that, and you know because Eric Adams, compared to the other candidates, I mean they were so far to the left. Eric Adams was able to find that lane, but in a much bigger primary, you know there were like six or seven people running in that one. Three people, because I mean obviously the Cuomo name is so powerful, um, it's a possibility, but he would really have to thread the needle in that primary because the people that come out to vote are so far left in those primaries. Yeah, well, like I said, I wouldn't vote for him, but if I were advising him, I would absolutely say that's well, your best shot for a comeback. Is well, wait a second. You wouldn't, a wait, wait, you wouldn't you vote for him if it was a three-way primary between 
Cuomo, no, well, uh, no, Gillibrand, no, no, and a far left candidate. Well, not Let's say the, that was your choice, Frank. Yeah. You wouldn't vote for Cuomo well, under would, those circumstances. It would depend on. Uh, it would. De- well, I, I would. De- it would depend on who the far left candidate was oh, and on. what the issues were. You wouldn't consider the far left candidate. Well, maybe, maybe I would. Um, okay. right. What was your question, though? Well, I just wanted to shift gears for a second because he talked about Eric Adams being the 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 the, the least left of his you know left running mates or whatever. Um, do you now that Eric Adams has been the mayor for what has it been like a year now? Yeah, thirteen months. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think, looking at what he's done or what he hasn't done, do you think that Kurt and can you even say this? Curtis Sliwa would have done better by this point in terms of crime and the homeless and cleaning up New York. Absolutely. Okay. Exclamation point. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, uh, again, that's, I think, a lengthier discussion. But uh, It is a lengthier yes. discussion. But, but I've, I have this argument with people quite a bit, and, and no one believes me that, that, that Curtis Lewell actually would have done a good job. And, and, I don't, and I don't know how to convince them otherwise. Uh, no, absolutely. I, I just um, – and I'm happy to uh, provide specifics uh, as to why, but I want to I want to. Well, I have my own specifics, and we don't um, have to get into it. I don't feel like talking about Curtis. I feel like I always end up talking yeah, about Curtis sa- when I'm same, here. Same. Believe me. <laughs> and it may, it, we're going to give him five hours of content for this weekend. Uh, a bunch of other things that I want to uh, comment on uh, and get you guys to comment on more importantly – the debate over menthol cigarettes <laughs> it has uh, has captured really the whole country's attention. It's become a racial issue to some extent. And uh, I'm not even sure where we are in terms of what the status of a national menthol cigarette ban is. Uh, I know, uh, David, you have some strong feelings about this. The rationale, I guess, behind it is that there was a ban on flavored cigarettes and that menthol cigarettes are just flavored cigarettes and they should be covered by this flavored tobacco ban. But because uh, this is the brand of choice for many black smokers, this has become a racial issue with forces uh, galvanized on both sides. Here was Carol Magruder. Uh, She is the co-chair of the African-American Tobacco Control Leadership Council talking to the L.A. Sentinel about banning menthol cigarettes. Menthol, 80 percent, 90 percent of black smokers who smoke, smoke a mentholated tobacco product. And that's led some people to mistakenly believe that menthol is part of our culture, that it's part of our community. Um, And the reason for that, that such a high percentage of black people smoke mentholated products is because these products were dumped in our communities when I was a teenager um, in the 60s and 70s and seeded. Uh, menthol cigarettes like Dave Chappelle was given free cigarettes when he was 14 at, in Washington, D.C. at the Metro. Mm. Uh, a young woman uh, who was given cigarettes when she was nine years old, who if she were alive, she would be my age in Boston. Um, so that's the fight and that's the reason why these getting these products are so um, critical to our health. So 45,000 black people die every year from tobacco-induced diseases and that's more than everything else Combined. So you say everything else combined. You're talking about like cancer, HIV, homicides, HIV, AIDS, car accidents, all the cancers that are non tobacco related breast cancer, prostate cancer, bladder cancer. Um, pancreatic cancer, all of these can be uh, can be caused by different reasons. And one of those reasons could be tobacco. California now has a flavored tobacco ban, which I do think includes menthol. And now Governor Hochul is proposing a uh, menthol cigarette ban. Uh, David, wh- where do you come down on the issue of banning menthol She's cigarettes? She's certainly banning um, the idea of lighting a cigarette with a gas stove. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other story. 
<laughs> that is very funny. Uh, I don't know it, if Governor Cuomo would find it funny, but that is very funny. Uh, it's David. a disaster. It's a complete disaster. The banning of menthol cigarettes yes, is a yes. disaster. Banning of menthol cigarettes on a statewide level is a disaster because um, not only are, are there racial issues, which is not – there are plenty of um, members of the of the black community who articulate the racial issues. I'm – um, my articulation is the small business issue and how it affects small businesses. A a menthol ban is not going to hurt big tobacco. It's going to hurt all the small stores that we see in New York City. It's going to hurt the wholesale uh, community and the distribution community. What happens, Frank, is right now because of the high taxes on cigarettes. And by the way, the comments that I heard about you know the health issues, it's not just for menthol cigarettes. All cigarettes cause health issues. We know that, okay? But in New York State, you cannot build a wall around the city. You can't build a wall around New York State. So because of our high taxes, because we're the highest tax city in the nation, um, we have illegal cigarettes coming into New York, and it is an epidemic. It's by epidemic proportions. New York State is losing 2.5% billion dollars with a b billion dollars a year due to untaxed illegal cigarettes coming up the i-95 corridor from north carolina from virginia and from georgia i I don't think a lot of people would argue that we should do a better job cracking down on illegal cigarettes but what does that have to do with the proposed menthol so i'm getting to that so that's just on the illegal cigarette side if you have a menthol ban in new york it is going to be um, – it's going to be a, 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 a illegal cigarettes coming into the marketplace beyond belief. So already it's bad. Already the government can't stop these illegal cigarettes from coming in. So now with a menthol ban, you're going to have Newports coming in like they are in California right now, like they are in um, Massachusetts, the other state that ban- that has a menthol ban. Um, you, you cannot – Close. If you're going to have a menthol ban, you're going to have high taxes. You got to close down the marketplace so the consumers can't buy it from other states. So now it's coming in by the truckload. People are making millions and millions of dollars bringing illegal cigarettes into our city. And who's getting hurt? Our bodegas are getting hurt. Our convenience stores are getting hurt. And our distri- our, our local distributors are getting hurt. That is not the way to solve. A smoking issue. You have to have a national solution. So what we're advocating is wait for the FDA. Wait for the national solution on menthol on on a flavor ban. Because if there's a national solution, then our local businesses won't get hurt. The other solution is generative AI. You can like speak that. to a computer and say, can you make me a menthol cigarette? <laughs> and then one just pops into your hand virtually. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's coming in by the truckload. And yet now you have all these illegal shops, all right, which are, again, an epidemic in New York City. You have illegal smoke shops. And to me, they're criminal enterprises, okay? They are selling illegal cigarettes. They're selling illegal marijuana. And they're selling illegal flavored vapes, all illegal in the state of New York. So so the government, in its infinite wisdom, you know, you have these legislators that don't understand the distribution business. They don't understand the wholesale business. They don't understand the retail business. And they snap their fingers and they say, I want to have a menthol ban or I want to have a flavored. And, and they think they're solving the world's problems. They're not. They're creating criminal enterprises in New York City, New York State, and we can't allow this to continue to happen. Speaking of the illegal smoke shops, I actually need to know this because there are only two – Not, and I'm not a pot smoker – 
But there are only two um, marijuana, like legal marijuana shops, right, in, in New York City. Um, but what I don't understand is, actually, it was Governor Cuomo. Didn't he make it legal for uh, not medical marijuana, but for um, for recreational use? Uh, well, Wasn't uh, yeah, it began yes. with him. Yeah, yeah, it began with him. Okay, fine. But if you don't manufacture the marijuana in the state of New York and then sell it in the state of New York, you can't actually get a license to sell it in New York. So if they're not growing marijuana in New York, how how do you end up how do you end up, you know, putting the product in the stores that are that have a license? It doesn't make any sense. Like, why can't you why can't it go from one state where the where the states are growing it if you're going to make it legal? Where do you get the supply from if you're not growing it in the state that you made it legal in? Am I making sense? No, no, you make perfect sense. So why and, would and, they do that? Well, <laughs> because they want to keep it all in New York, right? So, so uh, you know, Frank, maybe you want to jump in on that one, but but uh, that I mean, that's not my issue. But what's happening yeah, I, because of that? But you issue, said illegal not, smoke shops. No, 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 but, yeah. no, no. Because of these illegal smoke shops, though, they're just criminal. But they're creating those illegal smoke shops by not really oh, no, having a no, system. Not. No, but by yeah. not having a system in place for what, what we're talking about. No, 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 smoking, no, no. I understand, but, Marlena. I, I, yeah. I know what you're saying, and I think. You're 100% right. Well, they're starting to grow it in New York now, right? So we're starting to we're starting to see that now. But I don't think that's the impetus for the illegal smoke shops. They're just, they're, these are just opportunists that see the government not able to crack down. They are getting the marijuana from other states, right. and they're selling it illegally. And, and, yeah. and David, just so and they always have folks but, yeah. know right. fully your perspective and where you're coming from uh, on this. I am I am sure that in your role as a lobbyist, there's some group opposed to the menthol ban oh, yeah. that you're working for, oh, right? Of course, yes. All right. So yes. you do have a, a dog oh, oh, no, no, financially I do. I, in the fight, I, I right? do. I have multiple interests in this fight, but I believe in what I say, and I see how it's affecting my clients. I'll say it right on my – I see how this is adversely affecting my clients, the high taxes. But it, and, it would and, seem to be the, the logical consequence of what you're saying is to lobby for better enforcement of – on. Yeah. Yes. Cigarette sales. That's yes, where but that should be the first thing that we do before we get to a menthol ban. Why we no, have to but, gain control of the marketplace with, with uh, all these other flavors of tobacco banned? Why should menthol somehow be exempt from a flavored tobacco ban? And when Al Sharpton uh, said it, we found out he was getting paid by the big tobacco companies. Well, so he had a financial interest in it. I just I don't understand uh, why menthol should be special. But then ban all cigarettes. Then why is that more uh, special? Than a regular cigarette. It's well, it's, the, it's, well, it's, a, it's ridiculous. Well, oh, we're going to pick on menthol because it's the menthol that's really well, hurting everybody, but not the regular cigarettes. Right, so, I, if you want to have comprehensive cigarette uh, new legislation, then it should be comprehensive cigarette legislation. It shouldn't just ban menthol. And 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 all you're doing, Frank, is hurting the small businesses out here. We're down to four thousand nine hundred and ninety cigarette licenses in New York City, down from eleven thousand. And we need to have more cigarette licenses so we could sell the product in brick and mortar stores. By the way, where they card the consumer. All right, I got to take yeah. a break. We're, right. we're late, way late here. Uh, we're going to do fifteen seconds of fame in a moment. Seven
seventh caller to uh, not fifteen seconds of fame. We're going to do a thousand dollar minute in a moment. Seventh caller right now to eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. We're going to give you an opportunity to win one thousand dollars. That's eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. If you can answer ten trivia questions in sixty seconds, and then we'll continue with David Schwartz and Marlena Shivo. A, a great deal to get to over the course of the next twenty minutes. It's been a a uh, a, a, a fiery uh, forty minutes thus far, and we're just getting started. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Four seasons singing about Marlena. I am uh, fortunate enough to be sitting next to Marlena Shivo and David Schwartz. Uh, David Schwartz, a very accomplished attorney, lobbyist, and TV analyst. Marlena Shivo, a very accomplished media producer and mom. And um, we're going to try and give away a thousand dollars in just a minute to somebody that has the the wherewithal to answer ten trivia questions in sixty seconds as part of. The Other Side of Midnight presents... It's the $1,000 Minute. Answer 10 questions correctly in one minute, and you could win $1,000. Here's your host, Frank Uh, Thank you, Chris Liberty. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Let's say hello to Simon in Brooklyn. Hello, Simon. Yeah, Frankie, how you doing? I heard the other guy speaking about he's busy with the taxes, with the cigarettes. Um, I, I think we have a bigger problem. You have like, millions of offices are empty. I was in the city today. One after, millions of offices are all closed down. Yeah, most of the people are gone. It's a ghost Simon, town. you want to win some money? Yeah, sure. All right. You know the rules, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. What sporting event is taking place on Sunday? The Super Bowl. What children's author wrote The Cat in the Hat? Um, Super Bowl. Um, I'm not. Uh, I don't know. Cat in the Hat. Cat in the Hat. Just name any oh, children's what? author. Oh, maybe um, he's Cat in the Hat. He doesn't actually have a medical degree, but he's Cat in the Hat. Oh my God! It's the middle of the night. It's hard to figure out. Okay, I'm just thinking Cat in the Hat. Rhymes with Zeus, the Greek god Zeus. Oh, Greek god Zeus. Oh, right. I think yeah. No, nothing. Nothing? Nothing. I, I can't. All I right. Can't. So it's Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. That's right. All right. Exactly. Very politically incorrect. I don't blame you. You're clearly I'm a so very woke woke gentleman. You don't uh, embrace the politically incorrect writings of Dr. Seuss. Thank you, Simon. I'm sorry things didn't work out better, but at least I have uh, all these questions that I can save for uh, for Monday's edition. Of the <laughs> I, I do agree with Simon on the office buildings i mean that that's another disgrace that i mean manhattan well i, I mean I, new york city's draw was always these offices and the hustle and bustle of working in manhattan and now we have a culture where you know people are working remotely and right. it, it's just bad for new york city. i was Sorry. uh no that's okay i was poised to agree with simon until he couldn't come up with dr seuss now i don't want to agree with simon <laughs> on anything <laughs> All right. There's a lot of concerns about AI and uh, Microsoft and Google. They are basically in a new space race to equip 
their search engines with AI. In the New York Times today, their tech columnist says he's done with Google. He is switching to Bing. That's how impressive the uh, the resources and investment that Microsoft has made with Bing, their search engine. Uh, you have had some experience with AI, haven't you, Marlena? <laughs> um, not too much, but I'm actually a little against what's going on now that everything can be just sort of put into a computer sure. and, and come out because like what are our what are our kids going to end up doing right so like you're lucky because your kids are older and they went through like a normal process of right. living except they probably had phones most of the time but if you can tell a computer that you know you want to write a story a, a love not you know a novel and it and it outputs a novel like you where what what will our kids end up doing? What will anybody end up well, doing? Well, and that's just one area of life. I mean, you talk about artists. Uh, you talk about lawyers. Uh, now, one of them was able to pass some medical licensing exams. Uh, uh, I shudder to think about what it means for radio talk show hosts in the future. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I mean, you could do a lot of things. But, you know, I decided to test it oh, out, boy. Frank. And um, I, I, I wanted um, to write – I wanted to see what it would happen if I asked um, Chat – GDP to write a poem, oh boy. and that poem is about you. Oh boy! Okay, are you ready, I'm ready to hear what happened? Can't wait. Okay, Frank Morano, a poem. Frank Morano is Frank Morano is up all night continuously squawking. Even with laryngitis, he finds a way to keep talking <laughs> and talking. Frank is everyone's friend, and to some, he's a brother. He loves Staten Island seemingly more than his own mother. (laughs) For years, Frank would read an ad for tea that promotes digestive improvements. That's right. But I think he just really enjoyed talking about his bowel movements. (laughs) If given the choice, it's Atlantic City that Frank chooses, which is baffling. Because this guy just plays until he loses. Frank celebrates Christmas and his in-laws, Hanukkah. He enjoys his cigars, but not as much as Bill and Monica. (laughs) Frank is married to a woman, so it would appear that he is straight. But he is so clearly gay for William Shatner, I think... His sexuality is still up for debate. Is, is this really written by wow. a computer? Okay. This is a very judgmental computer. I had it write a poem in tribute to me. None of that stuff was in there. <laughs> the, but what did you have to feed to the computer to to get this? Like, like, like what? What were the cert, Were there certain terms you like? Did you give the computer Staten Island? I think it was just a a tribute poem, but I'll show you the one because I read it on the air. I won't won't subject the audience to it. But how does it get made? Like. I don't know, because I wrote that myself. Ah! <laughs> I, I See, I, no wonder. I was thinking uh, that artificial intelligence is not that intelligent. Meanwhile, the poem it wrote for me was very, very good, I thought. I like the bowel yeah. movement part. Thank you very much. Uh, let me ask True. both of you um, about uh, the Super Bowl on Sunday. First of all, what are you, what, any rooting interests, any predictions, both of you? Eagles, Chiefs, where do you see it going? Oh, I don't know. I guess the Eagles. Eagles, okay. Is that because you're a Jersey girl? No, you, you know? I actually do not like the Eagles at all. Um, <clears throat> but I feel like they want it more. 
David, what I, do you think? I, I really, I have no rooting interest. Uh, um, I, I really, I, I have no feel for it. You know, I like, I like Mahomes. So you know, I, I love that whole story. Um, but I'm going to sit there and you know relax. I'm going to be with some friends. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Are you, you going to a party? Game. Are you hosting? What's I, this I'm story? not hosting. I'm going to a friend's house. My my friend is hosting, and we're, there'll be a bunch of people there. So I'm going to sit back. I just want to see a good game. All right, I want to pick your brain both on uh, pick both of your brains on something that uh, we learned yesterday that President Biden turned down the opportunity to be interviewed by Fox during the Super Bowl. Fox, when they've hosted these Super Bowls, even when uh, there have been Democratic presidents, they have you know generally agreed to be interviewed. We saw um, you know uh, Bill O'Reilly interview Donald Trump when he was with Fox. We've seen uh, Bill O'Reilly interview Barack Obama. I think there was even a Hillary Clinton uh, Bill O'Reilly Super Bowl interview. I'm wondering, at a time when it looks like Biden's clearly running, was it a mistake for him to turn down an opportunity to reach out to people that might be non-political who were watching the Super Bowl and people that might be conservative and predisposed not to like him. Uh, I don't know about that because I do think there is something to his mental state. And I think that I know you somebody thought he did. You thought he did well. well in I, the didn't, State I of didn't the watch Union. it, but I, oh. the reviews that I read gave him uh, high marks for mental acuity. But I, but he is reading a teleprompter and he is prepped for those for these big speeches. Right. So. Um, if you're in an interview, I don't care how much you prep for it. I mean, you can be thrown off quite easily. And he has has had so many gaffes over the years, even as vice president, that I, I don't know. I think it would just anything he says. Less that, he says, the better, you think? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that's a point well taken. Um, but generally speaking, speaking, I, I think it's a lost opportunity. I think it's if if the if the reasons for not going on it's because it is because it's being covered by Fox. All right, that if it's if it's because it's being covered by Fox and Biden doesn't want to appear on Fox and and that whole thing, that's really a poor reason to not do a Super Bowl interview. It's a lost opportunity. There should be collegiality there and there should be this sense of you know, like you pointed out, getting your message out to the entire country right. to a super, but it's not a political event. It's a Super Bowl. Well, but right. but Marlena's national... point is well taken there. If he can't handle it, if he can't handle that interview, then then he shouldn't he's, do the interview. He's already has he already has like a low approval rating, and people are very very um, critical of his mental state. And if he proves further that those people are right, it's not going to bode well for him. But yes, a national football game, which is like, you know, this is an American event all the way. The American president should absolutely do an interview. I don't care who it's with. Yeah. The, um, you know, to your point, he has done fewer sit down uh, interviews at this point in his presidency than I think any president uh, from going back all the way to Nixon. I, I so maybe there's something to this uh, base strategy that worked out well for him in uh, in 2020. Hey, speaking of Biden's and the State of the Union, a lot of people making an issue of the Jill Biden encounter with the second gentleman, uh, Doug Emhoff, uh, as uh, two people that uh, kind of make your li- living analyzing things and uh, thinking about what other people are saying and knowing what other people mean, even when they don't mean them. Uh, what's your take on this Jill Biden, Doug Emhoff situation? I have one thing to say about it, and that is... Between Joe Biden's border and Jill's kiss with Kamala's husband, I would say the Bidens struggle with boundaries. (laughs) Okay. 
That's very good. I, I, very I, mean, good. I, I don't have much to add. I, I, I agree. Good. You have to be cognizant of your surroundings. When, you, when you're under the spotlight like that, you just have to uh, be cognizant that that's going to become an issue if you kiss the second husband on, on the lift. Have we all been in a situation, though, where you go to kiss someone on the cheek and then they right. move in a certain direction and then it looks like you're kissing them on the lips if you get them in that instant? Well, I don't know because that looked very natural. They just really? went up to each other and kissed each other on the lips. Um, so, yes, I know what look, you're saying, but it didn't look like that. that. That's why I don't run for office. That's why good that's people why. don't run for political the, office. The, the, because I like the private citizen David Schwartz. Okay, just like Cuomo. So you can kiss other I, people's wives in private? Hu- I am a hugger. <laughs> I am a kisser. I, I, I'm I very affectionate You're to a, people. A bail reform when I, signer. When I saw Marlena today, I gave a her a giant hug at 2.30 in the morning, at 3 in the morning, whatever it was, when I saw you. I, that's just the way I am. And you greeted and me with tongue. by the way, that's tongue. the way Cuomo is. Yeah. And, you know... That's why I refuse to run for public office. That's why. Well, <laughs> well it's the, the public that misses out. Uh, David, Marlena, thank you both. It's always thank a treat you. to see you both. Let's do this again soon. Uh, David, if people want to hire you in case they commit a crime or in case they need a good lobbyist, what's the best way for them the, to get the in touch The best way to reach me is um, you can reach me. Uh, you can go onto, the, onto my website, go onto schwartzdefense.com or gothamgr.com, uh, 917-566-5425. <laughs> And and you could reach me. And, you you uh, don't know what audience you're giving your number like, to, man. I love talking to people. So He's like, you can find me, me on Tinder. <laughs> you can find me on Farmers Only. Call me up. We'll talk about lobbying me. issues, legal issues. All right. Uh, so, again, if people want to debate the menthol cigarette ban, there's yep. no need to email me. Email David. He'll, 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 ta- he'll take you over. Marlene, if people want to find you, the best way to do it is with social media these days? Um, or Substack? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, uh, social media. Just Instagram. And Twitter, although I spend more time um, on uh, Andrew Cuomo's um, social media pages than my own these days. Which is available on Apple, thankfully. All right, Marlena Schiavo and David Schwartz, we'll do 15 seconds of fame straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. Reformers singing The Other Side of Midnight. Uh, we will end the week. Hopefully I'll see you a lot of you tonight in Red Bank or tomorrow in uh, Englewood, New Jersey. Uh, still tickets available for tomorrow night, by the way. Bergenpack.org. Uh, just order with the promo code uh, Frank and Jay. But we will end the week as we do each and every program. The Other Side of Midnight. This is 15 Seconds of Faith. Vito! Tommy, hello. Uh, join us. Uh, I hope uh, I hope you enjoyed the Lion Biden State of Confusion and Delusion Address. Join us next year for an encore performance of Lies and Deceit. Char- Charlie and Queens. I'm so jealous of you getting to sit down with Mr. Shatner. 
But I did go to his one-man show a couple of years ago, and I sat up front, and I got sprayed by his spit. Excellent. I'm envious of you. Ron in White Plains. I look online at the Dobbs Ferry Deli shooting. The Dobbs Ferry Deli shooting. Look online. Carmine in Freeport. Hello. I'm, I was a friend with William uh, um, Shatton. I'm 87 years old. Good luck, and make sure you don't crap in your pants. Mike in Montclair. Morning, Frank. Enjoy your time with Mr. William Shatner. A couple of suggestions. Don't wear your Spock ears. And no questions in regard to his pronunciation of the word sabotage. That might not end well. All right. On that note, that slams the lid on things for today. Have a great weekend. You want to stay in touch, uh, you can email me, frank.morano at wabcradio.com. Frank Morano, good day.